greetings in the name of the universal savior jesus christ the very god of the universe is local and global at the same time my personal meditation for you today my theme is thus from the claws of death regardless of what happens and the plot to kill and to depopulate the world jesus christ as god has the power to redeem us from the close of death. Point one. Christ prevented Abram's death by the hands of Nimrod, King Nimrod. Genesis 11 verse 28. Point two. Christ redeems Noah and his family from death by the great flood. Genesis 6 verse 9 and Genesis 8 verse 19. Point three. Christ redeems Lot and his family from death by fire in Sodom and Gomorrah, Genesis chapter 19. Point four, Christ redeems Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego from death by fire, Daniel chapter 3. Point five, Christ redeems Daniel from death by lions. Daniel chapter 6 verse 22. Point 6. Jesus, the God-man, the Savior of the world, came from heaven into the earth. So God has changed his location from heaven to redeem the sons of Adam. Point 1. Jesus came into the world to destroy the works of the devil. 1 John 3 verse 8. Point 2. Jesus as the God man. Came to be the Lamb of God. To die and to redeem humanity from sin and death. John 1 verse 29. Point 7. Acts chapter 4 verse 12. Represents the exclusivity in salvation. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. There is none other. No other salvation exists at this moment. Regardless of evil in the world, Jesus is the only one. The exclusivity in salvation is Jesus. Point 8. Romans 10 verse 13. Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved. Point nine. Jesus said, even though you die, yet shall you live. I am the resurrection and the life. John 11 verse 25. From the close of death, God has the power. God has the ability to redeem regardless of the cause of death. That are plot and plan in our world. What motivates me to share the gospel of salvation is Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any double edged sword. It penetrates, it divides the soul, the spirit, the joints and the marrow. It judges your thoughts and that of mine. And God knows the attitudes of our heart.
complementary to Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, we find 2 Timothy 3 verse 16. All scripture is, not just the new but the old, not just the old but the new, it is one comprehensive, the grace of God revealed. What is the benefit? The gospel is beneficial for teaching. The gospel is beneficial for rebuke. The gospel is beneficial for corrections. And the gospel is beneficial for training in righteousness. 2 Peter 1 verse 21 For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but man spake from God, as they were inspired by God the Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit cannot be located by the naked eye. But this unseenness doesn't mean that he's absent from the world, but he's present. I say greetings in the name of the universal Savior, the eternal God, Jesus Christ. Let's review last week's meditation. I call it, let's review for reflection. Point one. The word behold is the 42nd word in Psalm 1. Point two, we allocate the word behold as the first word in Psalm 121 verse 4. Psalm 121 verse 4. Point three, the word behold is called Hanini and Hanini is translated as here am I. Point four, the word represents the following. A, it represents a total readiness of Christ to give himself. Point B. It's an offer of total availability. Point three. It represents a total readiness to serve. Jesus says, I did not come to be served, but I've come to serve. And to set the captives free. Point five. The word behold recalls God's four-dimensional redemptive plan towards Abram, Isaac, and Jacob. Point six. The four-dimensional redemptive plans are, one, God has the potential to redeem even before Jacob came into Egypt. Point B. God's redemptive plan while Jacob finds himself in Egypt. Point three, God's redemptive plan to exit Jacob's children from Egypt. And fourthly, God's redemptive plan, how to keep them alive in the wilderness. Point seven, an overview from the first two dimensional redemptive interventions from God. And by the hand of God is the following. One, point A, the pre-existed unseen reality relocates Joseph from Canaan to Egypt in order to save Jacob's, Jacob's, his sons and their descendants. Genesis 37, 18 and 36. Point B, Jacob relocates from Canaan for Egypt 
with his descendants during the worldwide famine. Genesis 45, verse 16, and Genesis 47, verse 12. Point C. Jacob and Joseph are reunited, restoring Jacob's family and future descendants. Genesis 46, 28, verse 34. Point D. Jacob and his descendants settles in the fertile land of Goshen. Genesis 47. Point here. The dream of Joseph that was given to him in Canaan was fulfilled in Egypt. He became the ruler over the family of Jacob as the prince of Egypt. Genesis 50 verse 8. What is the principle behind this redemptive intervention of Christ? 1. Numbers 23 verse 19. God is not a man that he should lie. Know the Son of Man that he should repent. So God, don't lie, is called the Apsudes, the non-lying God. Point two, what God says he will do. Point three, God never backs down on his promises. 2 Corinthians 1, 20 and 22. Point four, 2 Peter 3, 9, state the following, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Point five. The reason why God is stability in singing sand is Malachi 3 verse 6. For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, the sons of Jacob are not consumed. The cause of death cannot kill those who are under the watchfulness, the reliability, the dependability of the gospel of Jesus. What he says he will do. Point six. Regardless what may happen in our world, the Lord our God, Jesus Christ, never leaves us, nor will he forsake us. Hebrews 13 verse 5. Today I want to investigate God's redemptive plan, how he redeemed Moses from death in Egypt. Principle. Point A. The redemption of one in order to redeem a nation of Israel. So God is going to redeem Moses because God is going to use him to rescue a nation from Egypt. God is unstoppable and God's plan are unchangeable. Point B. In Jesus, God sacrificed one man to die for the entire human race and to redeem us from sin and death. Let us give a background in what happens in Exodus chapter 2, how the plot thicken, how the cause of death are orchestrated, but God is greater than the problems. God cannot be seen, but it doesn't mean that God is absent from the world. He is present. It means he is at every location, above, on the earth, even below. God is everywhere. Background to Exodus chapter 2. 1. Since the expulsion of Lucifer from heaven, the plot to kill the human race from the face of the earth has now gone into overdrive. 
The killing machines consist of demons, of fallen angels, evil spirits, evil empires, evil governments, and demon-possessed individuals. Point three. Jesus Christ, while on the earth, said this about Satan. Point eight. John 10, verse 10. The thief comes not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I, Jesus, the God-man, came to give us life and life in the abundance. So it is in the midst of death that life steps in to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus conquered both life, both death and the grave. That's why when we believe in the person of Jesus, even though you die, yet shall you live. This is the promises of Jesus. Point B, John 8 verse 44. This is the words of Jesus. He says, the devil is a murderer from the beginning. So if Jesus could redeem us from sin, then Jesus can redeem us from the claws of death and the plots and plans to kill the populace of the world. Point four, examples in scripture. Point A, Cain killed Abel, Genesis 4, verse 8. Point B, John 8, verse 44. Jesus says, the devil is a murderer from the beginning. Point B, Genesis 37. Joseph's brothers was jealous, was envious, and they plot to kill him. God knows the heart of the plotters and the planners to catch us in the claws of death. But when we focus on the person of Jesus, death becomes powerless. Death weighs your sting. Jesus came to paralyze death and the grave. Point five. Romans 8, verse 36. Paul the Apostle reveals the persistency of demonic activities to kill the people of the world. With special emphasis on the nation of Israel or the children of Jacob. Listen to this. Romans 8, 38. As it is written, For your sake we face death all day long we are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Death is operational in our world. It is perpetrated by the forces of demons, evil spirit, and the forces of darkness. But Jesus is the light of the world. Those who sat in darkness saw a great light. Regardless of what happens, Regardless of what Satan planned, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. The cause of death for those who call upon the name of Jesus are powerless at this moment. You call upon Jesus and God will redeem you regardless of what happens in our world. Point six. COVID-19 has caused the death and the mental paralysis of billions of people and it is so continual in our world. But disease 
viruses. Whatever the cause of death may be, Jesus is bigger than our crisis. Jesus is bigger than our trouble. Jesus is bigger than a situation. Call upon the name of Jesus and God will redeem us. I want you to continue with me and listen to the word of God. From this book and this background, Exodus chapter 2, let us excavate the plot to kill Moses and the Jewish people and how God came to redeem Moses and the Hebrew nation. Point A. I call it behind closed doors. Now Christ is the silent listener in every conversation. Christ sees what happens behind closed doors. Now I'm going to extract information from other scriptures to build our case what I mean behind closed doors. Behind closed doors is a phrase that the enemy is plotting and planning the demise, the death and the killing of the populace of the world. The population are in overdrive. Point two. I propose that the Pharaoh in Exodus chapter one may not have been a new Pharaoh, but a man that has experienced a change of mind. His behavior that was pro-Joseph has now become anti-Joseph. Listen to this. The same spirit that was in the brothers of Joseph has now become visible in the heart of Pharaoh. Remember, Joseph's brothers, they were envious. They were jealous. And they plotted to kill their brother. God knows the heart of man. And when we seek refuge by the universal deliverer, the great God, Jesus Christ, death becomes powerless in the presence of Christ. Point three, example. King Saul that loved David before became jealous, envious towards David and plotted to kill David on several occasions. The same king now has a change of heart. So I, I propose that the Pharaoh of Exodus chapter 1 is the same person, but he has a change of heart where he loved before. Now he has the desire to kill and to take away from the people that has become prosperous because of the presence of Christ upon their life. God knows your heart. Samuel chapter 18 verse 13. Point four, this is what may have happened behind the scenes, behind the closed, the closed doors of Pharaoh. I believe that they were plotting and planning behind closed doors to destroy Joseph and Jacob's children in Egypt. Again, I want to reveal to you that the same Pharaoh in Exodus chapter one, the one that cared of Joseph, had a change of mind, had a change of heart. Pharaoh lusted after the property of Jacob, Joseph, and the Hebrew nation. 
He wanted their properties. He was jealous. He was envious. And he plotted to kill by all means to take away their property and their money. Even to place them into bondage and captivity. Point five. I, I understand that behind closed doors, the plotting and the planning, we have a glimpse into the book of Esther. Point five. The plot in the book of Esther reveals the plan of Herod. Point A. I call it the banquet of death. Point one. From the book of Esther, we get a glimpse who was invited to the banquet. Point A. Esther chapter 1 verse 3. The royal houses of the known world was invited. The princes. Point B. The powers of Persia and Media. Point C. The nobility and the business people. Point D. Prime ministers of provinces. Point E, the, the religious elite, they were all invited to the banquet of death. Point B, the main business of the banquet, as per Esther 1.19, has been revealed. One, Haman, the prince and prime minister, requested written permission from the king to destroy the Jews of Persia. The Pharaoh of Exodus chapter 1 received permission to destroy the Jews in his nation. Point 2. Esther chapter 3 verse 9 reveals the following. Haman said, If it please the king, let it be written that the Jews may be destroyed. Point 3. This is the words of Haman. I will pay 10,000 talents of silver for anyone executing the charge of business. And they will pay the king only to kill the Jews in the nation. Point four. The king author authorized by granting the permission of Amen. Esther chapter 3 verse 10. The king signature ring was given to Haman. This is what the king said. The king said to Haman, The silver are yours, the people also do with them as it seems good in your eyes. Point five. Letters were sent to all the provinces by post with this instruction to kill on sight every Jew in the nation. Letters was used to, to all provinces by post to destroy and to kill and cause to perish all Jews. Listen to this. The young, the old, little children and women. Finally, to take away their property Esther chapter 3, 9 and 13. So the book of Esther gives us, in a nutshell, what happens behind closed doors when it was plotted and planned to kill Joseph, Jacob, and the descendants of Jacob. Point 6, the method. 
point A. According to Exodus 1, 9 and 22, Pharaoh would use deception to mobilize the Egyptians against the people that became the redeemers and rescues in the worldwide famine. He uses deception to rise up against the children of Jacob. So he would mobilize through deceit, no truth, through lies, and see the house of Joseph, of Jacob, and that of Moses as the enemies that needs to be killed. Point B. By deception, the Egyptian people were informed of a calculated threat from the Jews and a possible attack from the Jews may be expected. One, the Jews are a mighty people, so many that we could not handle them. Point two, they are becoming a danger and may join the enemy at war against the safety and sovereignty of Egypt. Point four, this is what Pharaoh proposes. Let us trap them, let us exterminate them, and let us take away the property. Point C, the operation. How they will go about in depopulating the Hebrew people from Egypt. One, let us mobilize midwives to kill all babies born at birth. Exodus 1 verse 15. Point two. Every boy at birth must be thrown into the river. Exodus 1 verse 22. Point D. What is the reason behind the madness? One. The Pharaoh consulted these astrologers. And they saw in the stars that one destined to redeem Jacob's descendants and children would be punished by throwing him in the river. Exodus 7, 8 and 13. Point two. Therefore, Pharaoh issued this decree that every boy child of the Hebrew people are to be thrown in the river. Like King Herod, who was informed about a redeemer that is going to be the king of kings under his reign. He orchestrated and mobilized the army to kill all Rachel's children. Point here. What is the execution of the plan? What is the plan? How will they execute it? One, depopulation by throwing boys at birth in the river. Point two, appoint tax police. Place them in economic bondage. Point three, take away property when tax are not being paid. Point four, in the event that tax could not be paid or refused to be paid, place them in prison and force them into slave labor. Exodus 1 verse 11. This is the plot that there were people in the house of Pharaoh 
that came to complain about the prosperity of Joseph, of Jacob, and the descendants of Jacob. And so they gave instruction for Pharaoh by all means to depopulate the nation of Israel and to destroy their economic prosperity in the land. Point B, the daughter of Pharaoh. Now I want to share with you that the daughter of Pharaoh is God's secret weapon to save Moses, whom he will use later to rescue the Hebrew nation from Egypt. So from an unexpected source, God is going to mobilize the daughter of Pharaoh to stop the cause of death, to redeem Moses and not to allow the plans of the father to kill the boy child Moses. God will not be stopped by the plans of, of Satan. Jesus says, for he is the murderer from the beginning. So the cause of death was while awake and open to consume Moses, but the love of God and the counsel of God will stand. How we redeem Abram, how we redeem Isaac, and how we redeem Jacob, God will redeem Moses. Let us investigate who is the daughter of Pharaoh. Point one. First Chronicles 4 verse 18 identifies Pharaoh's daughter by the name of Bithia. So when you look at 1 Chronicles 4.18, the name of Pharaoh's daughter received the name called Berthia. Now listen to this. The daughter of Pharaoh now becomes the daughter of God. Point two, the name Berthia means daughter of God. Point three, while in her father's house, she became a righteous person who did not follow. Listen to this. She abandoned the ways of her father, the evil ways. Point two, she secretly became a worshiper of the God of Jacob and abandoned the father as a demigod and the God of, of Egypt. Point C, not only did she abandon the plans of the father to kill the children, she became a worshiper of the God of Jacob. And finally, she abandoned idol worship. She abandoned idol worship. Point D. She disobeyed the father's instruction to kill. Instead, she obeyed to rescue and not to kill. Point four. According to Exodus 2 verse 5, Bithia, the daughter of Pharaoh, found Moses when she went down to bathe in the Nile. Point five. Madrastic commentary states, Berthia did not go there to bathe, but to cleanse herself from idol worship. She abandoned her father's wishes to kill. She rather would be in the hands of God a redeemer, a rescuer. And God will bless her for this. Point six. Tradition holds that the daughter of Pharaoh suffered from leprosy and went down to bathe in the water to be cured of her disease. Point seven. When she touched the Ark of Moses, 
she was miraculously cured and as a result. Now this is what I believe happened. The spirit of the Good Samaritan captured the heart and the imagination of the daughter of, the daughter of Pharaoh. Point A. Instead of killing Moses, the Bible says that she took pity on the child because she saw the Sakina presence on the face of Moses. Point B. Exodus 2 verse 10 states Pharaoh's daughter drew Moses out of the water. Instead of drowning him, she pulls him out. Now that is the work of Christ. He did not come to condemn, he came to redeem. Poncia, Bethia, the daughter of Pharaoh, she took ownership of the child called Moses as her own. She raised Moses as her own child. And now Moses received royal protection from the house of Pharaoh, the father wished to kill, but the daughter wished to redeem. So the Samaritan mind, the spirit of the good Samaritan are now in the daughter of Pharaoh. Point A. Pharaoh's daughter embodies the spirit of the Good Samaritan as per Luke 10, 25 and 37. Point A. The Good Samaritan had compassion on the wounded man. Point B. He had pity on the man and cared for him by pouring oil and wine on the wounds. Point C. The Good Samaritan took the injured to a place of safety for his well-being the one that was meant to be killed Moses was taken to a place of safety under the supervision of the death of the daughter of Pharaoh Poncia the good Samaritan that Attitude, that spirit possess the heart of Pharaoh's daughter and she showed mercy towards Moses. Point 10. God repays Bethia for the mercy that she demonstrates towards Moses. Point A. History holds the story that the daughter of Pharaoh disobeyed her father not to kill Moses, but to love him instead. Now remember, Jesus Christ did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to redeem the world. Not to hate the world, but to love the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believes in Jesus will not perish, but have everlasting life. Point B. The daughter of Pharaoh raised Moses under royal protection and raise him as the son of Pharaoh. Point C. She left Egypt with the exodus of the Hebrews under the leadership of Moses. Point D. Berthia later married after the exodus 
Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. As per 1 Chronicles, 1 Chronicles 4 verse 18. So God would favor Berthia, the daughter of Pharaoh, by giving her a family of her own, by the mighty man Caleb, who refused the, the, the story and the perception of the spies. He believed that they could conquer the giants in the land. Point 11. Matthew 5, verse 7, apply to Pharaoh's daughter. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive and be shown mercy. Point 12. The daughter of Pharaoh rescuing Moses, she became a redeemer of the Jewish nation. Now it comes to the principle that if we bless the house of Jacob, if we bless the sons of of Abram, Isaac, and Jacob, then the favor that was spoken to Abram becomes a blessing upon my life, that of my children, and our future generations. What is the principle behind the love of Berthia towards Moses? Point one. God will use anything and anyone to redeem He's chosen from harm and death, even if it means using a person in the house of Pharaoh. Point two. The redemption of Moses was necessary in God's plan to redeem the nation from Egypt. If God redeems one, God will use the one Moses to redeem the many, the nation from Egypt. Point three. Salvation does not come from the east, nor the west, nor from the north or the south, but salvation comes from the God of Abram, Isaac, and Jacob, none other than Jesus Christ. There's salvation in no one else but Jesus Christ. Point C. God's design to redeem. I want to close by saying God has a peculiar system to redeem those he loves. The love of God covereth a multitude of sin. Point one. The universal God never sends rescuers from outside the enemy's camp, but grow his redeemer from within the camp. This is majestic. God is not going to send people on horseback with military armament to rescue from outside, now God is going to raise up. God is going to, God is going to give birth to a son in bondage, in captivity, to redeem his people from bondage and captivity. Point two: God's deliverer always comes from within, in order to take the captives to freedom. Point three: Some examples. One, Samson, the mighty man of God, rescued these people from the enemy. Judges chapter 13 to chapter 16. Point two, Moses was born in Egypt only to take his people from Egypt. Exodus chapter 2. Point three, God placed Esther in the king's palace to redeem the Jewish people from death. 
Exodus chapter 3. Point 4. Jesus, God's deliverer, was born into this world in order to save his people from sin. Matthew 1 verse 21 and 23. From the clause of death, God has delivered Abram, Isaac and Jacob. From the clause of death, Christ prevented Abram's death by the hands of King Herod. From the clause of death, Christ redeems Noah and his family from the great flood. From the clause of death, Christ redeemed Lot and his family from death by fire. From the clause of death, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego was redeemed from death by fire. Daniel chapter 3. And lastly, from the close of death, Christ redeemed Daniel from the lion's den. What was the reason for the coming of Christ, our Redeemer? Remember, there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to man by which we must be saved. Jesus Christ is the one appointed, anointed, and approved to redeem us from the close of death. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. John 1, 3 and 8. Point B. As the Lamb of God, he came to die and to redeem humanity from sin and death. Romans 10, verse 13. I want to, I want to encourage you. This is what the word says. Whosoever calls, regardless where you are at this moment, whether you're white or black, rich or poor, long or short, local or global, for whosoever shall call upon the name of Jesus shall be saved. Jesus said in John eleven twenty five, 25, Even though you die, yet shall you live. I am the resurrection and the life. Let them plot and plan. Let them operate the machines of death. Jesus Christ is greater than our situation, greater than our trouble, greater than our problems. Call upon the name of Jesus and the claws of death are powerless by the universal Savior, the great Redeemer, the great Deliverer, none other than Jesus Christ. May you be encouraged don't fear, Jesus Christ is alive and well. Amen.